Welcome to the Profit Podcast, everything NFL and fantasy football related all year long with your host, Calvin Wright. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Profit Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be giving an overview of this AFC-NFC Championship weekend. I'm going to be giving you my thoughts on that game. I'm going to talk about some players that I am super, super high on. As we head into this fantasy football offseason, I'm going to give you my prize pick selections for these AFC, NFC championships game. How I think you can make a little bit of money just watching these games and giving your thoughts and selecting the over and the under. And then I want to talk a little bit about mental health. That may seem out of left field, but I got a message from one of my followers And it really, I think, is important that I share what he shared with me. So I will be discussing that near the end. It's it's, it's just something that has been on my mind recently, and he sent this, and it's just something that I wanted to share with all the podcast listeners. But let's first start with the AFC and NFC Championship Overview. So I'm going to quickly read you a little bit about what I wrote for Jersey's Uh, Sporting News. I wrote them an article about the NFC and AFC championships games coming up. Here's what I said. Well, the AFC and NFC championships are some of the most highly anticipated sporting events each year. This AFC and NFC championship games are especially exciting for a variety of reasons. First off, it's the first time the Bengals have been in the AFC championship game since 1989. A fresh start for NFL fans who may be tired of the same few teams dominating the playoff scene. Secondly, the McVavy-Shanahan rivalry has treated NFL fans to some of the most exciting football games in recent memory. However, Shanahan and the 49ers have gotten the better of McVay and the Rams on several occasions, most recently in a game that sent the 49ers to the playoffs. This weekend of NFL could be one of the greatest Sundays of star-studded football, and let's break down the matchups. So Cincinnati and Kansas City. One month ago, Jamar Chase exploded for 266 yards. Joe Burrow proved that he's a playoff caliber quarterback, and Zach Taylor made a gutsy fourth down call that led the Bengals to defeat the Kansas City Chiefs and clinch the playoffs. It's not every year you get a rematch in the AFC Championship of such epic proportion. The Chiefs have hosted four straight AFC Championships, proving to be one of the best teams in the NFL. However, Burrow and this young Bengals team have a chance to upset the established order and take down the current Super Bowl favorites. At first glance, these teams look pretty even, but there's one thing that makes me believe the Chiefs have an edge over the Bengals, and that is experience. As previously stated, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are hosting their fourth straight AFC championship game. They are no strangers to big moments. They know the atmosphere well. They know the mistakes that can lose games like this, and they know what they need to do to keep the home crowd in the game. Patrick Mahomes is 7-1 and one in home playoff games in his career, and I don't think the Bengals, despite their incredibly explosive offense, can make up for the lack of big game experience. That's what I said about that game. Uh, so I am taking the Chiefs. And then what I said about the 49ers-Rams game, McVay, he is 3-7 and seven against Shanahan and the 49ers. And most recently, the Rams blew a 17-point lead to the 49ers, which allowed them to reach the playoffs. What will be different this time for Sean McVay and the Rams? This playoff game is massive for McVay and the Rams, not only because it's an NFC championship game, but because it will show everyone very clearly 
whether or not the trade for Matthew Stafford was worth it. We all know that Stafford is a better quarterback than former Rams starter Jared Goff. However, McVay was able to take the Goff-led Rams to a Super Bowl back in 2018. After the Rams lost the Super Bowl, scoring only three points, it became clear that Jared Goff wasn't enough for a Super Bowl win. During this past offseason, the Rams made a trade for Matthew Stafford, showing everyone that they had their eyes on a Super Bowl victory. Overall, this season has been great for the Rams, and Stafford has made some incredible plays, such as the clutch 44-yard bomb to Cooper Cup last week to set up a game-winning field goal. However, all this is ultimately a waste if Matthew Stafford can't get the Rams to a Super Bowl, something that the less competent Jared Goff was able to do. All this being said, who has the edge in this game? I do think it's the Rams. The 49ers, they are a well-coached team, but I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo will be able to keep up with the Rams' offense. Jimmy Garoppolo has yet to throw a touchdown in the playoffs this year. Shanahan, he can scheme up incredible Debo Samuel runs all he wants, but if Garoppolo can't complete a touchdown pass, the 49ers don't stand a chance. Those are my official written thoughts on this week of football games. Those are, that's what I wrote. Uh, it's going to be published in a few hours, so you got a little sneak peek into that, but I, I that, those are just my thoughts on who's going to win. I, so I'm taking the Rams and the Chiefs. I think it will be an incredible, incredible Super Bowl. And in these games, let me read you what I'm doing for prize picks. I'm doing Jimmy Garoppolo, 0.5 interceptions. I'm taking the over. He's thrown an interception the last two weeks. So that seems like an easy over. Debo Samuel, 36.5 rushing yards, taking the over. Like I said, I don't trust Garoppolo. They're going to have to utilize Debo in a lot of ways. I think he goes over that. George Kittle, 12 fantasy points. Come on, 12 fantasy points for George Kittle, taking the over on that one as well. I'm going to bet 10 bucks, and I could win um, $50. So it's a pretty good bet. Those seem like three pretty, pretty easy over-unders. And when you download and play Price Picks, use promo code PROFIT because you're automatically entered to win an NFL jersey of your choice. During Super Bowl, I will draw a name out of a hat on a TikTok Live, and the name that gets drawn out will be someone who deposited and played prize picks using promo code PROFIT, and they will get to tell me what jersey they want. They send me their address, and I send them that jersey of their choice. So go play prize picks using promo code PROFIT. Anyways, let's move on past the AFC-NFC Championship talk, and let's talk a little about, bit about players that I am super high on going into 2022. Jamar Chase. Very, very high on him. Here's the thing. Jamar Chase is incredible. We all know it. Jamar Chase is elite. There's no other way to put it. But a lot of people are going to be scared of him because of oh, the sophomore slump that's going to hit. The same way people were, some people were down on Justin Jefferson. He fell past the first, past the second round into the third and fourth round in a lot of leagues. That's crazy. Sometimes a player is just good and there doesn't have to be a regression. There doesn't have to be a sophomore slump. Sometimes they're just really good. So I think Jamar Chase will be a top three wide receiver next year and should be drafted as such. Moving on to his teammate, Justin Jefferson. I was super high on him this year. I said he would finish as the number one overall wide receiver, I believe. Didn't quite happen, but he did finish as the number uh, four wide receiver, which is a lot higher than people were drafting him. And I think this coming season, he will finish as a top three 
wide receiver, and I think he should be drafted as such as well. It's it's time that we leave behind some of these older guys and start looking at the young guys as these are the set wide receiver one, two, three, four. Uh, so Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson are both in my top three, leaving space for one more guy. Who will that be? I don't know yet because I don't know where Devontae Adams is going to end up. That is really... <laughs> if Devontae Adams is separated from Rodgers, he falls out of the top three for me. Uh, he'll be great still, but I'm not going to draft him as a top three wide receiver. So we will talk about that when we get a little more clarification on what's going on there. But Jeff- Je- Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, super high on them. I'm not expecting any sort of regression. Top three seasons coming up for both of them. Amon Ross St. Brown will finish as a wide receiver top 14. Top 14 wide receiver. He finished this year as a number 21st wide receiver, and he didn't really do anything till week 13, but since week 13, 24 points, 15, 23, 26, 35, 26. And people will say, but Calvin, the Lions will get another offensive weapon. And I say, good. More offensive weapons. It's not like they're going to get five more offensive weapons and St. Brown will be buried. No, I'm just saying, okay, if they get a few more offensive weapons, that means more first downs, longer drives, uh, uh, less focus on stopping Amon Ra St. Brown, more touchdowns. If the offense is better, Amon Ra will still be better. It's not like they're going to bring in five all-star Pro Bowl wide receivers and Amon Ross St. Brown is forgotten about. No, he will be one of the center points in this offense. We saw that down the stretch. There's no reason to believe that if they bring a few more weapons in, he just vanishes. If anything, that would help him. So top 14 wide receiver, capitalize on people being worried about more weapons joining this Lions offense. Amon Ross St. Brown, top 14. Devontae Smith, top 20 wide receiver. He had a rough rookie year in terms of fantasy, at least. But in real life, he was pretty good. He was pretty darn good. He didn't have a lot of great fantasy days. Uh, He had two back-to-backs in Chargers in Denver weeks 9 and 10, where he put up over 20 points. But that was really the highlight of the season for Devontae Smith. Finished as the wide receiver 29. I'm saying top 20. I don't have absurd expectations because... Jalen Hurts, I do think he's getting better and better, but he's not going to be this prolific 300-yard passer each game next season. But I do think he will be able to support a top 20 wide receiver in Devontae Smith. Also, Devontae Smith started seeing more and more volume down the end of the season. 11 targets in that playoff loss. I think that the uh, Eagles need to focus on making Devontae Smith a key player in their offense, not just a role player. They need to focus on him being the wide receiver one, which I think will happen because he's way more talented than Rager and Sega Whiteside. He will be the wide receiver one. And yes, I don't expect Hurts to throw 300 yards a game and three touchdowns, but I think Hurts will be a little bit better and that will boost Devontae Smith. All righty. Darnell Mooney will be top 20 as well. So basically all I'm saying, if you get Jefferson, St. Brown, Smith, or Mooney, your wide receiver core is going to be great next season. He almost finished top 20 this past season. He was number 23rd wide receiver. So saying he's going to finish top 20 isn't that bold, but a lot of people are going to be hesitant because of the change in coach, the the weird expectations with Justin Jeff, uh, 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 Justin Fields. Where do we think he will be? How do we think he will be? Will he, will he be good? Will he be bad? We don't really know yet. So when there's this much uncertainty people are going to be scared to draft Darnell Mooney when there are going to be other players who finished around him this past season where the situation is certain. 
But Darnell's Mooney's upside is extremely high. And we saw the downside this year and the downside in this d- terrible offense, quarterback carousel, Justin Fields struggling, Andy Dalton struggling. He still finished number 23. That's pretty good. That is kind of the floor, in my opinion. So I think if we see some of that upside next year, easily top 20, possibly top 14 wide receiver in Darnell Mooney. Do not be scared of him. All right, on to the running backs. Najee Harris. Najee Harris. There's uncertainty here. He capitalized on getting a ton of checkdowns, a ton of checkdowns. And Big Ben is now gone. We don't know who the quarterback is going to be. But right now, I'm saying I don't really care. I think Najee Harris is a talented enough player that he can be a top five running back next season despite the change in quarterback. No one knows what's happening. And I'm saying worst case scenario in the quarterback position, I think Najee Harris is still top five. I still think he is top five. Mason Rudolph, that's worst case scenario. Kinda, I still consider Najee Harris a top five running back. And if Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins is the starting quarterback, he'll be drafted lower than that. If they get a good, good quarterback, I think he's, you know, top top two, honestly. I'm not sure who's going to be quarterback, but I'm just saying worst case scenario, I am still seeing Najee Harris based on his talent and ability and involvement in this offense. I still see him as a top five running back. DeAndre Swift. What do we think about him? So much of Swift hinges on him being able to stay healthy, which we haven't really gotten to see. He's missed a lot of games. He's he's had different groin injuries, knee injury, whatnot. But he still finishes a top 15 running back, even though he missed uh, the better part of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games or so. But I do think that he will be a top six running back if he can stay healthy. That is the risk, if he can stay healthy. So here's what I'm going to say. I am planting my flag in the DeAndre Swift talent like I did last season. And I'm going to have Dr. Jesse Morse from Fantasy Doctors and Dr. Nathan Natwa from Fantasy Docs both on this podcast. And I'm going to get as much information on the DeAndre Swift injury, how he might play next season, the risk of re-aggravating these injuries. And I will try to figure out how we think of his health moving forward. Because like I said, if he can stay moderately healthy, top six running back talent-wise, easily. The involvement as a receiver, the burst, the elusiveness as a runner, top six talent just has to stay healthy. So expect to see a lot of talk about DeAndre Swift's health in this offseason. Rashad Penny is next. I am very, very high on him. He came out of nowhere. 26 points, 19 points, 32 points, and 25 points. 170 yards against Detroit, 135 yards against Chicago, 137 yards against Houston. He did it mostly against bad defenses, but bad defense or not, he still was elite in those games. And it looks like he will stay with the Seahawks. That is, that is what people are expecting. Um, <laughs> I don't really know if I... I don't really know if that's for sure or not. It's not It's not for sure. I don't know. I don't know where he's going to end up. But um, I will say, if he is on the Seahawks, I think that he can be a top 12 running back. He is a talented player. We say he came out of nowhere, but it wasn't out of nowhere. He was a first-round pick many years ago. He's not that old. He's 25. We usually see the drop-off age 27 or so. So he has 
still two more years before we see that usual drop-off. So if he is the starting running back, or even in a, a tandem, I think he's better than Carson, and I think he takes over this job, and I think we can see Rashad Penny be a top-12 running back on the Seahawks. I really do. They like to run the ball. They'll have to run the ball, I think, if if Wilson moves away. But uh, I think Penny, people will forget about that end-of-season stretch. People will forget about that Rashad Penny end-of-season stretch. I have seen no one discuss it. No one has talked about Rashad Penny recently. They didn't make the playoffs, so we didn't get to see playoff Penny. But I think that he will be severely underrated heading into next season. People say, oh, he's like a Jay Ajayi type. One, one, one game wonder, two game wonder, whatever. Uh, but I don't think that's that. I think he's a very talented player who's finally healthy and finally got a shot. And he might, he might explode next season. So keep an eye on Penny. Next is Travis Etienne. Oh boy. Oh boy. What do we think about him? What do we think about Travis Etienne? I was very high on him. I was very, very high on Etienne. Then he tore his ACL. Urban Meyer's gone, the guy who drafted him. I have no idea what to think about Travis Etienne. But I still believe in him. (laughs) I still believe in him. And I think he can be a top 20 running back. And that's not saying staying healthy. Even if he's re-aggravating thing, I think he can be top 20 next season. He is another player. We'll, we will have several doctors on the show to talk about the health. It's usually two years before these running backs are fully back to being themselves, though we have seen some anomalies. But my main question that, that keeps me thinking that he will be good in fantasy next year despite this ACL is when he was drafted, I was of the belief that he was going to be used primarily as a receiver. Kind of like a... They wanted Kadarius Tony. They couldn't get Kadarius Tony. They went ETN. They had James Robinson. James Robinson, the runner, ETN, change of pace back, and receiver. The receivers recover from the ACL tears much faster than the running back. So if they use him as a wide receiver more than a running back, that could increase his chance of staying healthy. And if he's healthy on a team without that many weapons, he could he could be very good fantasy-wise. So that is something that we will discuss a lot this whole offseason. Not only the health concern of ETN, which we'll have doctors on to actually talk about this who know what they're talking about, but also what position is he really going to be playing mostly in? Because if he's mostly a wide receiver, I'm not that concerned about the ACL. I'm not that concerned. And if he's going to be mostly a wide receiver, you need to draft him because people are going to be so low on him. They see running back coming off ACL in a timeshare. Ninth round. Ninth round. But I see running back wide receiver mix who's going to be one of the most utilized receivers in this terrible offense that's trying to recover. I, I say, you know, fourth round. Fourth round. Which is a big difference. Big difference there. So, ETN, I'm higher on him than most, I believe. Because I still believe in him. All right, quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts is going to be top eight again. I don't know what to tell you guys. He's going to be top eight. Uh, what did he actually finish? He finishes 10 overall. He, he, he missed a game against the Jets. Um, had some bad games. But overall, great fantasy season from Jalen Hurts, one of the fantasy MVPs. I think he finishes his top eight next year because I think he will still be the starter. They've, they said they committed, they're committed to him. Um, 
I, I thought I thought he was pretty impressive. He made some bad reads, made some bad throws, of course, had some bad games, but he usually improved each game. And I think next season, he'll improve a bit more. This offense has three first-round draft picks. They can really improve this whole team. And I still think he will run a lot next season. So I do think Jalen Hurts is top eight. And I think people will be lower on him because of that terrible playoff performance against the Buccaneers. People are going to remember that when we head into the offseason. So Jalen Hurts has a chance to be very undervalued. Justin Herbert, I do think, will be top three. That's not that bold of a take, but I just want to say I am very high on him fantasy-wise. He was number two overall this season. I think he kind of continues on that track. And then Justin Fields, I think, will be top 10. Um, I'm not ready to like plant my, my, my flag in Fields and say he's going to be top five, but I think top 10 is pretty realistic given his play style. I want to see what the Bears do in this draft, if they can get him a receiver, what happens with Allen Robinson. If this offense is looking a bit better, I will say top seven would be my bet for Justin Fields. But like I said, I, I'm not quite ready to plant the, the flag in him. But I just want to say, hey guys, I am high on Justin Fields. So keep that in mind as we head through this offseason, as we hear about potential wide receivers coming to Chicago. Just remember, Justin Fields is someone who has top five potential as a fancy quarterback, really number one overall potential if he runs. That's that's the ceiling, is number one. There, there are not that many guys with that type of ceiling. And Justin Fields has that, and he'll go pretty late. So that kind of closes off that segment of these, um, these players that I'm extremely high on. And I now wanted to discuss something more serious. So I got this, this text message on Instagram about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. Um, I missed it at first, but basically, uh, th this guy who follows me, he sent me this message talking about how he, um, I'll just read you the message. Uh, hey man, my friends and I are obsessed with your account. Our group chat's called The Prophet Sons. Anyways, I lost my championship, but I just left a 30-day hospitalization for mental health. And I'd love for you to check out my bio and consider reposting my recent post on the story. And he talks about these fantasy football guys, myself included, can be hesitant to talk about mental health. I think this would really help your audience. No pressure. Just wanted to share that I'm a big fan and would love for you to read this story. So I'm going to read part of this, this story that he has written, uh, this kind of journal entry that he has on his blog called Semicolon. I just want to share just really one expert from it and then give my thoughts on this kind of community and how we treat mental health. Well, as I turned from my window, I dropped my pen on the floor and saw the suicide note that I had just written on my bedside table. As I had continued to form a relationship with my suicidal ideation over the past six months, I had written four different versions of it. On the third note, earlier in the fall, my pen ran out of ink. I decided maybe that was a sign and went to bed that fall evening. In the morning, I decided to carry on a little longer as I had each time I was close to suicide before. This night was different, though. I'd been at a party and just hours before had all of the energy and excitement in the world. When I got home, it all came crashing down. I had printed out Kurt Cobain's suicide note for a school project. As I read it that night in my room, my broken mind felt an eerie attraction to it. My pain was intolerable. Suicide felt like my only hope from a twisted form of salvation. So he goes on to describe this, this failed suicide attempt and his his journey as he went to stay in a hospital and uh for 30 days i believe it was 
and was released and he's now writing kind of his journey with with coming to terms with his mental health issues and the importance of really recognizing these issues. And it's something that I'm going to put in my bio so you can all read. I would encourage very much reading it. But why I really want to discuss this is because I agree with him. I agree in terms of the fantasy football, not community, but like the people you play fantasy with, the friends, like the dudes (laughs) don't really talk about mental health issues. And I think a lot of people struggle with it um, and just kind of ignore it until it gets so bad that suicide or drugs or alcohol is really the only option to escape it that they can see. And I think that it's really important to kind of open up a space where we can discuss this as people who you know, like fantasy football and football and guy things, masking and things, it is important to say, hey, how are you doing? How are you actually doing? So I would encourage you all to go read this. I'm going to put it in my uh, bio. I'm going to take out the other links and have just this for a while so you can all read it pretty easily. Um, but yeah, I think it's just important. I want you all to to text, you know, your your league mates in your fantasy football league or that friend you watch football with and just ask, how are you doing? Like actually just try to have a conversation because so many people feel a similar way and just kind of push it down, push it down until it boils over and things get really bad. So I think it is important to kind of open up that discussion in the space of people who really... (laughs) kind of don't don't take mental health seriously. So I want you all to go read that and talk to your friends. Just make sure they're doing okay, your brothers, your sisters. And yeah, I, I just thought that was important to share. And I think William writing this takes a lot, a lot of strength, not only to talk openly about mental health, but to talk about his personal experiences with, with attempted suicide, suicidal thoughts, as he says. That takes a lot of bravery, and I just want to applaud him for having the strength to to come out and talk about it and and open up a dialogue for people. So I just wanted to share that with you all and say thank you to William for for really taking the um, initiative to open up that conversation and share his experience with the rest of us. So go check it out. It's in my bio on TikTok and Instagram. I encourage you to read through that. I hate to end this show on such a serious note, but I uh, I really covered all the things that were on the agenda today. We talked about the AFC and NFC Championship. We talked about the players that we're super high on. I gave you my prize pick selections. You got to go play prize picks using promo code PROFIT. And I did discuss the importance of talking about mental health. And I'm going to link that uh, blog that William has. Uh, so yeah, I think that that kind of wraps things up. Um, I'm excited for tomorrow because it's the AFC and NFC championships, which are some of the best football games. You know, it's all the all the pressure and excitement of the Super Bowl, but you get two games, so that is fun. But also kind of sad that the football season is really coming to an end. It's, it's really here. It's really over. So uh, thank you all for listening. And as always, I will see you next time.